Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Curious Neuron Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Huffington. I am a mom of three and I have a doctorate degree in neuroscience. And my goal is to help you parent the way that you want to parent by bringing you science and experts that will give you all the info you need to do it the way you want. Obviously, we can parent the same way, but there's a lot of information out there that will help us parent in a way that will help our child thrive when they're older. This is the first solo episode of season four, so I haven't had a chance to say hello. Um, the other episodes were recorded over the summer and I never really officially introduced and said hello to season four. I can't believe we're already in a fourth season, fourth year of Curious Neuron uh, of the podcast. And I'm grateful that we've been on the top charts in Canada uh, consistently and I'm trying to get the word out there for the podcast. So please take a moment to review the podcast and to rate it on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you listen to this podcast, send me an email at info at and I will send you a PDF that we have on our website. Uh, we have a new PDF actually about musical training and how you can introduce this to your child without having any musical background. And I also have another PDF that's about um, emotions mountain or meltdown mountain that will teach your child emotion regulation skills. So send me an email and I will send that to you for free if you um, send me a screenshot of your review for the podcast. I would like to thank the Tannenbaum Open Science Institute at the Neuro here in Montreal for supporting the Curious Neuron podcast again this season. I'm so grateful for their support uh, and, and for believing in what I believe in, is, which is, you know, getting the science out there. I don't want it to be behind paywalls. I have seen the amount of research uh, focused on child development and parenting that exists. And my goal is to get it out to you. You can visit our blog at CuriousNeuron.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Curious underscore Neuron. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel where the podcast episodes are being um, put up there. And as soon as I can gain a little bit more time during the week, I'd like to place or, or you know, publish a lot more um, episodes on our YouTube channel because I want to talk about the research as much as I can this year. And I hope you join me on my mission. Today's solo episode is about something that I saw recently and I wanted to share that with you. Um because it really marked me. So, you know, I took a vacation in September with my family. This was our first family vacation. So I have three kids, uh, for those of you who might not know me. And um, the third one, uh, when he was about seven months, the pandemic hit, and we hadn't had a vacation with our first two kids. Um, and so you know, two years past, two and a half years now. And we decided that it was time to take a little vacation together. We went to Disney World um, and I hadn't been there in 25 years. I had only been there once in my life. And we decided to drive there <laughs> from Montreal, Canada. Yes. So if you're just calculating <laughs> this right now, I drove with three kids in our little Mazda 3 <laughs> from Montreal, Canada to Orlando, Florida. Um, it was a trip that took, well, it depends on how many stops. The first one, the first time it took, I think, 29 hours. And then we stopped a lot more, uh, including in New York City when we were on our way back. So that trip took a little bit longer. Um, but I can't believe how well it went. I can't believe how amazing my kids are. Um, it allowed me to disconnect completely um, from emails and work and, and the work that I have 
through Curious Neuron and the work with the app, um, my app Wondergrade. By the way, if you haven't uh, downloaded it yet, you can have you could. There's a two week free trial if you are really struggling in in knowing how to teach your child how to cope with emotions and how to regulate emotions and how to you know what do you do when you're angry or what do you do when you're sad. This app just does it all for you. Um, Christy, my co-founder, and I are trying to find ways to educate parents. We have little audios for parents, just five minutes, so that it doesn't waste your time because I know we don't have time as parents, Um, but audio clips that will help you understand how your own childhood impacts how you regulate emotions, tips to help you with your child, including Emotions Mountain and and when to offer these tools to your child. And then there's this wonderful character, Ollie, um, that teaches your child mindfulness skills and breathing skills and helps you with during bedtime. So the link is in the show notes. You can download my app uh, and try it for free for two weeks. That was just a segue just to say that like my kids really regulated so well (laughs) they've been using the app obviously um but uh this entire car ride there wasn't any whining or complaining i think they were excited to get to disney world and then once we were there that heat in florida whoo i have never experienced anything like this um at one point there was somebody who told my husband like you should go to first aid (laughs) he was sweating profusely uh just dripping from his forehead uh it was just so humid and so hot and you know my kids again just you know besides saying they were hot we would cool down and get into the shade whenever we could um, but the lineups uh, weren't as long as they are during the summer, I think. They were still up to an hour, an hour and a half long for the big rides, but everything went well. And I'm, I'm glad that we got to experience that and very grateful that we got to experience that as a family. Um, but it reminded me that I need to disconnect a lot more. And that doesn't mean not doing anything. But I, you know that I, if you've been following me for a while... Um, on Instagram and here on the podcast, you know that I do struggle with working too much (laughs) and working long hours. And for those of you who are listening who might be struggling with this, or even if you're not working long hours, but at nighttime, you're just doing a lot of things that have to do with the home and not yourself. You know, coming back, I I decided I need to journal again. I need to get back into reading books. I I I you know it's an ebb and flow for that. I there are moments when when I read a lot of books and and take a lot of time for myself. You know that I had started walking in May. Um, I stopped now, not on purpose, but just things got busy right before we left, and things are extremely busy now. Um, since I came back, so uh, it's I need to get back into that. So if you're thinking of that, I hope you do. Um, this for yourself because we do need to remember that we have needs as parents and when we meet our needs it is much easier for us to help our child and to meet their needs Um, it's it's just a fact (laughs) you know just think of a day where you're tired or stressed that one day odds are your child's behavior will be different and that is why it's important that we are mindful of our own um, needs because then we could kind of you know, regulate ourselves and meet our needs so that we can meet the needs of our kids. Now, I know what you're thinking, you know, Cindy, I can't step out of my house. Perhaps you're a single parent. I was raised by a single mom and I don't remember any time where she stepped out. Um, we would never get babysat. We were just always with her. So I understand that there are those moments. But once your child goes to bed, sometimes the dishes can wait till the next day. Sometimes cleaning and laundry can wait till the next day. Having moments throughout your week, if you can't do it every night, it's okay. But are there moments, you know, like two, three nights a week where you put, you know, 
daily tasks to the side or work to the side and you do something for yourself, um, something that brings you joy to remind yourself that you matter. Um, and you know that that's something really important for me with Curious Neuron because when I launched Curious Neuron many years ago now, um, it was seven years ago as a company where I was working privately with children, but it's five years now that I've um, been sharing knowledge and content with parents through the blog uh, and then, fo- you know, Instagram followed and then the podcast followed. Um, but it's it's just so important for us to um, meet our needs because this is what I learned as a parent. When I was sharing content at the beginning, I was just sharing child development content. I was talking about the science of child development because I thought as parents, including myself, all we needed to know was how our child grows and develops and and that's it. But I realized as a parent, as I became a parent and and had one, two, and then three kids, that a huge part of this puzzle or picture of parenting is us. And if we don't meet our needs, if we don't learn how to set boundaries, if we don't learn how to take a moment to ourselves or bring ourselves some joy, whether maybe sometimes it's just breakfast. I've been doing that as well, where I just have the breakfast that I want. I'll make the kids their breakfast and either the night before prepare like overnight oats in the fridge so that I don't have to do that in the morning or in the morning if there's time I will make myself like an avocado toast just doing something that matters to me um that that makes me happy just that little thing so that's the reminder that I got by stepping away from everything the thing I really wanted to talk about today is what I saw on vacation um I've spoken about corporal punishment and spanking here on the podcast. I've shared the research. I've done it many times on Instagram. And every single time that I share this on social media, the research behind why we should not be doing this anymore. Um, And I always try to approach it in a way that I'm putting myself in the shoes of the person who might still be doing this. You might be listening and you might be spanking your child And you might have been spanked as a child yourself and feel like you turned out okay and it's fine and the child needs to know who's in in charge and who's in control here or a child needs to fear you in order to listen to you. I want to feel, I want to be, you know, I want to empathize with these parents. I'm not judging the parents that I saw. I want to speak about this topic as a whole. Um, I don't know why I'm always... Um, trying to convince people that we need to be respectful towards children and not hit them. You know, in general, parents do agree with this. And I know there's a there's been a huge decrease in, in, in this, but it still exists and it's still very prevalent. And I, in my entire life here in, in, in Canada, had never seen a public spanking, but I saw it. I saw four spankings when I was on vacation in Florida I saw one mother kick her child. She had a child who was older, maybe eight or nine years old, who was sitting in like one of these big uh, Walt Disney World strollers. And she kept kicking her from under and the child was screaming. And then at one point, she just yelled so loudly in her face. Um, I think the mother had had enough. And I know that we all experience this um, and we all go through these moments. But what I kept thinking about in these situations in addition to these four spankings, the mom kicking her child uh, from under the, the the stroller, I also saw a father who poured water into his hand. He had a toddler that was having a, clearly having a tantrum or a meltdown, and he poured water from a water bottle onto his hand and just tossed it, uh, you know, on her face. And she hit him as a result of this. And then he dragged her, um, pulled her by the arm, and dragged her across the park to wherever they were 
But these six instances, everything that I saw, I have two big thoughts around this. One, every single instant could have been communicated differently and still have an outcome where your child knows you can't do something. And I'll explain the situations that I saw or your child, you know, understanding that what they did or what they said was wrong. So in the situations where the parents were using corporal punishment or, or spanking to, to show their child that what they did was wrong, they could have communicated that with words. I saw it with my own eyes. I would have approached it differently. Again, this is coming from my perspective, um, so that's the first thing. Every single situation could have been communicated. Could The words could have been used. The second thing that came to mind is, I don't think these parents have the tools, right? We parent the best that we can. We parent how, with whatever tools we have. So I'm not judging the parents. I think that they were at their wits end. I think that they think this is the last resort when it comes to a child. One in particular, we were waiting in line to to meet a princess and this mom had a, I'm assuming around one to one and a half year old child and the other child must have been around three, maybe even four. And the older child kept, um, both of them were playing, but the older child would push her her baby sister in a way that they she would lose her balance. So the mom kept repeating, don't do that, don't do that don't do that, don't do that, right? So, you know, about maybe seven minutes into, our, you know, waiting in this line, a little push happened and the baby did fall down, fell on her bum and the mom got really mad at the three or four-year-old and spanked her and said, I told you that would happen. So seeing it from that perspective, I get the frustration from the mom because you don't want your child, your younger child to get hurt. It's the youngest one. It's the baby. You've repeated yourself and you're frust- you're frustrated at that point. I get that. I'm human. I'm a parent. I've had those moments too. But what I, I hope that we can have the discussion around and the conversation around more as a society is there was really no need for the spanking. There was no need to hit a child. There is never a reason to hit a child. The same way that there's never a reason to hit an adult. There is always a place where we as the adult have to regulate our emotions as much as we want to hit the child, especially if we came from that upbringing. As, as, as intense as the need is, that's where emotion regulation comes from. And that's why I co-founded this app Wondergrade because I see what's happening around us. I hear parents, they email me. We need to start really working on ourselves as a society and questioning, was that truly the way to um, help my child learn what was right and wrong in that situation? After the spanking in this particular situation, nothing else was said. The parent continued to have a conversation with the family members they were there with. Nothing else was said. So that child was not disciplined. That child, and that I, I do have issues around the word discipline um, be, because I think we're, we're misunderstanding what that means. I think we need to see that in that moment, that parent should have first obviously taken care of the baby that fell down. Are you okay? Is everything fine? Are you hurt? Hug, connection. Next, if that child is okay, we turn to the child who was not listening, who we don't know the reason why what they were playing. It was clear that it was not malicious. It was clear that the intention was not to hurt the baby. This three or four year old was playing, but not regulating her own emotions because she was excited. I saw that. I was able to see that. 
that excitement is a moment to regulate your child and that could have been approached very differently before the child fell. The mom could have or the dad could have come down to the level of a three or four year old and said, I see that you're having a lot of fun with your sister, but every single time that you kind of push her a little bit, she has a chance of losing her balance and she might get hurt because we're on a cement floor. What, you know, if you want to play with her, maybe there's some grass or if there isn't and we have to wait in line, there's another way for you to express that you're having a lot of fun with her. Use your words. Um, you could ask her for a high five. You could ask her to sit down if you want to play a game so that she doesn't fall. There would have been a lot of other ways to teach this child social emotional skills because what I saw was a child being disciplined and I'm using quotes that you don't see right now but not learning something new. Nothing was learned after this. So we have to, um, as parents and as a society, start understanding that we need to change the way we are parenting our kids if we think that is the last resort. So I don't know if you hear the emotions that I have behind this. I, I, if there's, there are a few things that I feel very strongly about um, in terms of somebody who's in the parenting community um, and sharing you know, um, the research behind uh, parenting and child development, the research is very clear that we need to stop doing this, that there are some consequences that could happen. I say could because I have to be true to the research. Nothing is ever for sure. It's always correlational, right? So you might have a child that gets spanked very often and they are adults who are functioning properly socially and emotionally and have good, you know, have good uh, communication skills and are able to regulate. By the way, when I talk to parents and they say, you know, I turned out okay, they usually bring up their career. That is not what we need to talk about when we were spanked or, you know, when we're talking about I turned out okay. We need to talk about social emotional skills. We need to talk about attachment. We need to talk about how we are communicating with our partner, our needs, our emotional needs, how we're communicating, um, you know, uh, or accepting or understanding or listening to their own needs as well, how we are establishing and maintaining and holding boundaries. Are we able to do all of that? That is what the research is pointing to in terms of possible consequences from corporal punishment and spanking. We need to, as a society, really move away from that. Um, and, you know, again, I think that there is not enough support for parents. I think that parents need to, uh, not parents, but our society needs to offer parents a place where they can say, I don't know, I had a bad day or I had a rough day or I didn't know how to cope with this or how do I deal with emotions when I'm just so tired and I'm so stressed and there's so much going around me, uh, going on around me. That's what parents need, but I, I, there's not enough for them. There aren't enough outlets um, for them to put that out there. And what's happening is that they're stressed and they're running out of, um, tools. They don't have the tools to deal with that kind of stress and they're run, not they're not running out of tools, but they're running out of capacity, right? That they're just drained. We're drained. Um, these past two, two and a half years have been um, difficult for a lot of parents. So uh, I'm going to take a breath <laughs> because there was a lot of passion uh, around this. Like I said, corporal punishment and spanking is something I, um, because of the research and because of what I know uh, you know, in terms of the consequences, it's something I really push on and talk a lot about. And I will continue to do that. 
um, you know, child safety, whether it's through that, um, you know, neglect in the home, but, you know, supporting the parent, um, you know, protecting our children and, and understanding that their body is theirs, that these are all things I feel very strongly about. So I will continue to talk about them. You know, the take home from this, uh, I would love the, the take home if you're listening to this is really thinking about how you are disciplining. Again, I'm putting that in quotes because discipline is teaching. So are you using this within your home in terms of like fearing? Does your child fear you? Are you, um, you know, using corporal punishment and spanking in your home? And if you are, it's not judgment. I want you to just think about whether or not there are other ways to help your child understand what is right and what is wrong. Um, are there ways for you to communicate what's right and, and what you want them to do and what you don't want them to do? And if you really struggle seeing that, um, I would look within yourself, right? Like, is there something that you need to work on on yourself to be able to communicate this to your child? Maybe you're struggling with knowing how to do this and maybe you weren't taught this as a child. When it comes to emotion regulation skills, maybe you were taught to like squash emotions and you don't like seeing your child extremely frustrated or disappointed and you see that as a moment to discipline. I don't know. You need to do that work and sort of write notes down so that you could understand where to work on yourself and how to support your child. Um, I gave a workshop last week and there was a moment that marked me so much. I spoke with a father. Well, the, the, the workshop itself was about emotion regulation skills and how sometimes in our children behavior comes out as, sorry, an emotion regulation issue comes out as behavior. Um, and I gave this in an elementary school here in Montreal. If you would like this to be given at your workplace or at your school, this workshop can be given. Uh, just email me info at curiousneuron.com or you could also send me an email through my website at curiousneuron.com. So I had just finished explaining all of this to the parents that were present at the school and a father raised his hand and said, you know, the way that you described um, sitting down with your child and talking about emotions and, and discussing where they're struggling with expressing and regulating emotions and where they, they are excelling, you know, where they're doing really well. He was, can we do this on ourselves in front of our child? Is there a benefit to doing that? And I just was glowing with with so much joy because yes, you can do that. Um, you can do that with your child. You can definitely sit down and show them you know, maybe you've been yelling a lot lately and maybe you've been stressed and you could sit down and, and, and look at different emotions. And I have a workbook that I went through with parents. Um, it's not available yet on my website, but I think I will try to um, put it up soon. I'm, I'm just focusing on, on the workshops now and, and using this workbook for the workshops. But the, basically the parents work through every single aspect of their child's environment and that includes themselves. So the father was really happy that he could, you know, do this with his child. But his follow-up question to that was, but if I'm showing my child that I have weaknesses when it comes to regulating emotions and that I struggle with certain things, isn't showing a weakness to my child against being the authoritative figure, isn't isn't that going to work against it? How are they going to respect me and and know that I'm the parent and the authority the authoritative figure in their life? If I'm being honest and, and, and showing them my cards that I have weaknesses when it comes to managing emotions, I'm pausing because that is exactly what I did when he said that. It was a beautiful, honest, vulnerable question 
that maybe you have as well. And when it comes to emotions, this was my response. It is not an authoritative thing. Emotions make you human. It's not a weakness. It's we're looking together as parent and child in terms of challenges that we have, not weaknesses. Whether you are a mom or a dad or an educator or a grandparent listening to this, emotions and, and, and struggling with your emotions, if you've realized that right now, does not make you weak. It makes you human. We are all human. And if your child sees you as human, you will not lose the authoritative figure aspect in their life, in their eyes. You will just be the most spectacular human that they know. And I'm going to end it on that. I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to follow up on that. Um, I just, I'm so grateful that that father asked that question because I'm hoping that, and I know that it will help a lot more parents out there. Thank you for listening to the Curious Neuron podcast. I hope you rate and review this podcast. I will continue to produce content for you. Um, you can send me an email at info at curiousneuron.com if there's something you want me to cover in a solo episode. Thank you for being here. I will see you on Instagram. I'll see you in the blog. And I will see you next week. Thanks. Bye.